Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today is our season one finale episode. So crazy and exciting uh, that we have hit our one-year milestone at Thrifters Villa, and we have all of you, our loyal listeners, to thank. Yes, thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast each and every week. Thrifters Villa would not be where it is today without our listeners, so we wanted to make this episode extra special. Yes, so Lori and I wanted to share this episode with our listeners, so we held a contest on our Instagram page, and we chose four lovely ladies to join us today. We can't wait for you to get to know them. Ready, Lori? I'm ready. Ready, everybody? Drum roll. Grab a cup of coffee and join us at the table. All right. I need to say coffee like you. See, that's the word. Grab a cup of coffee. Jess, you can do it. Coffee. Coffee. Our New Yorker. All right, everyone. We would like to give a very warm Thrifters Villa welcome to Jess from clothes from jess on instagram marissa who is the main hanger on instagram and then we have karen who is tiny gold hanger on instagram and then we have chloe from cubular chaos on instagram hello everyone hi 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 all around We're so excited to have you guys here. Daniela and I decided that sharing our one-year anniversary with some of our loyal listeners is just the perfect way for us to celebrate. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you, everyone. having us. We're so excited. This is so fun. It's usually just Lori and I or one other guest. So this is nice to have a group of people here who listen to us, who I feel like are friends because, you know, we all talk to each other and message one another. So thank you for being here. Um, But we obviously people can't see all of you and want everyone to get to know you guys. So we would love to just start off and have everyone introduce themselves Share a little bit about yourselves, your journey, how you got started in reselling, um, and just kind of go from there. So who wants to start? I'm not picking. <laughs> Any takers? <laughs> I love the faces. <laughs> you have to like play teacher and call on someone. I know. Yeah. All right. Jess, you want to start? I, I will get started. Hello, everyone. This is my podcast debut I'm I've always wanted to be on a podcast I'm very excited thank you uh, Lori and, and Daniela for this opportunity um I live in Colorado however I'm not originally from here I was born in New York and moved to North Carolina when I was 10 so I kept the northern accent but I've lived in the south most of my life. I have been reselling since February of 2019, so just shy of two years, which is really mind-boggling to think of that in two years that I have been on this incredible reselling journey. I am part-time. I sell on Poshmark and eBay. I'm debating what I should do with Mercari. We were chatting about that before we started the episode. I kind of, I just have um, a very inconsistent like sales and experience on there. And um, when I'm not reselling, I was a student up until this past summer. I 
finally receives my master's in, I also, if I'm like yelling, I'm really sorry. I don't know what the correct <laughs> box is. <laughs> very excited. Congratulations um, on your master's. Yes, thank congratulations. You. Thank you. It was quite a journey, quite a journey. I received my master's in clinical mental health counseling. I moved out here to Colorado specifically for grad school and um, it, it was, it was very hard having to finish up, you know, a graduate program remotely for those of you that are parents or might be in school yourself. It's been quite a whirlwind and thank gosh for this platform. We all know and love Zoom, but it's not how it should have ended. And I was also supposed to graduate over um, or in May, but there were, it was a whole fiasco. It's been a whole fiasco. That could be a whole podcast in itself. So reselling is something that, you know, people say, oh, why do you do this? Like, why do you do that? I think that everyone that resells, of course, we do it because it provides income for some capacity for some people, you know, you do this full time and for other people, it's a side gig. And for me, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a side gig, but it's something I enjoy because it lets me focus on something totally different than my career. You know, I'm sitting with people all day and listening and exerting that energy. And when I come home, I could be really tired, but yet I'll want to go take photos or go, you know, draft 10 listings for eBay. So it gives me something to focus on that's not related to my career field. And it's something that I've really grown to love. I live in an area where there are many resellers. You know, when, when everyone hears the word Colorado, you think of our, our coveted bins and I might, I might get in trouble for saying this. I'm actually not a bins gal. I've never been a fan of them. I don't like that every category, you know, men's, women's, children's are in the same thing. I like knowing what I'm looking at. And I just don't like the bins, but they do live up to the hype. I will say that. But I, I really have been very fortunate to get to connect with people in person in this wonderful reselling community. There's something very, very unique about it. And I'm very fortunate to be part of it. You know, I'm not looking to be, you know, the next big name. That's absolutely not why I do this. I do it because it does, it is my source of income right now. And again, you know, it gives me something to look forward to. Like when I think that I have sold hundreds upon hundreds of things, I'm proud of myself because I did that. You know, I photographed them, I purchased them, I removed threads or whatever. So yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. I think Jess should have her own podcast, but <laughs> no. Really great. <laughs> and how nice is it? Like, I, I think I'm probably, I'm guessing that this may be a common thread for all of us is just that we're able to do this thing, whether it's a side hustle and we make $200 a month or whether we're paying our mortgage with it. It's something that we all enjoy. And it's, it's great. I, I find myself, I wake up in the morning and the first thing, you know, you check, I check to see if I have any offers on the table or I just get excited about thrifting that day. Or, or I guess, I guess it just doesn't always feel like work. Sometimes it does. So for someone like you, Jess, who has like a very 
you know, mentally draining profession, I, I would assume on some days, um, to be able to come home and still have the energy to like to dive into your side hustle. And also that it provides an escape for you, which is kind of cool that you can make money and have that kind of be a place where you can get in your zone as well. Absolutely. I think that everyone that does this says that it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. It's something that we enjoy. And yes, you know, it is, it is tiring. You know, if you spend a day photographing at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're tired. It, it, this isn't, this isn't something that, this is something that anyone could do, but it's not something that everyone can keep up with. I do, agree. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really you have to really want to work yeah and I absolutely relate to what you said too Jess because I work full-time outside of the home so and I work a very demanding job so um for me reselling is therapeutic it is my time to like do my own thing and be my own boss and I enjoy doing it and it's so much fun I love making the connections I love learning about different things in fashion and just the whole process of it all um, even though I'm exhausted at the end of the day, I just keep going because for me, it's, that's my therapy. And, um, I just, I don't know. I, I just related to what you said. I just, it's fun. I've met a lot of people and I don't see myself stopping. Um, do I ever think I'll go full time with it? No, probably not. Um, but it's something that I'll always keep because it's my own little thing. It's my own little business. Something that I'm like that has been interesting for with this whole quarantine thing for me is and I think everyone is that you know for those who are not full-time we have been able to see what it's like to work from yeah. home and what it could potentially be like working from home no no I there is no way that I could work from home on a daily basis I really I'd I'd I I think that one of the reasons why I had such a rough time finishing up school in my internship virtually was because I couldn't leave my house. You know, I'm in a small apartment. I'm not married. I'm not in a home. So it's, I think that this whole reselling thing, it, you know, you can make what you want to of it. And some people, they do it for their, you know, their full-time income and for other people, it's not that. And, and that's fine. Yeah. And I think being home has kind of taught us a lot about ourselves. Oh, yeah. You know, and what works for us and what doesn't. So thank you so much, Jess. That was a great intro. Um, who would like to go next? Marissa, you look like you're ready. I'll go. <laughs> I'll I was go. About to say, I'm picking Marissa right down there. <laughs> okay. right, I'll go. Um, I'm Marissa. Um, I live in Maine, uh, but I'm originally from Boston. I was born and raised in Boston. I moved to Maine in the 10th grade. Um, and I've been here ever since. Um, I live in a small town, Naples. Um, I started reselling about almost a year ago. Wow. In January will be a year. Um, and I just, I didn't really do it to make extra money. I just, my daughter's boyfriend, he sells sneakers. He's a sneaker head and he resells sneakers. And so um, I saw that he was like making okay money doing it for a young kid um and so I said oh well I'll buy something and just see what happens you know and the first thing I, I went to the bins I went to the bins in Gorham and I had heard about them from so many people and I was terrified I was like <laughs> so terrified to go um but I went 
and I found a pair of muck boots and that was my first flip. I flipped those and I was hooked just by the hunt. Like I just love to look for things and I never know what I'm going to find. And um, it just, it stuck. It's something I love doing. It's like my own outlet. I have five kids, um, three of them at home. I'm in law school. Um, I'm recently divorced. And so my whole entire life, I've been, well, my adult life, I've been taking care of kids. I had my first kid when I was 20. Um, and that's all I've ever done. And I've never really had anything for myself. And so this is my thing. And I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, I've gone to the bin a few, bins a few times. I don't go to the bins much now, especially with COVID. Um, I'm a Goodwill Salvation Army type of girl. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's me. I'm fangirling. Okay. Can I just say that? <laughs> I, no, you don't have to fangirl I, us. I Thank love, you. It's very flattering. <laughs> no, I love you too. Like I, I, one day I was just researching reseller podcasts because I started out, do you, have you ever heard of the crazy lamp lady? Yeah. No, that's a, I've watched she, it religiously for a very long time. So I started thinking I would do hard goods and oh my, I have like, my basement is full of hard goods. It did not work out. <laughs> and um, so that's kind of how I got into it. So I was researching reseller videos and I came upon, um, or reseller podcasts and I came upon Thrifters Villa and I have been listening ever since. And I go sourcing in Boston sometimes because my sister lives in Boston. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, could you imagine if I saw Lori here? <laughs> I would love that. I would like to have a trip one day. <laughs> I wish um, I was in Boston more often now. Um, you know, it's, it's really, thank you so much. That, that means a lot to both of us, Marissa. Thank you. Um, and it is funny because I, I started with the crazy lamp lady as well. And Savannah from street savvy was one of the people who I, I literally used to sit and refresh my computer and just wait for another haul from Savannah because they would be hours long. And I just learned and like nothing fancy about her videos. She just found like the greatest stuff. And I just really connected with her and empty hanger. And it's interesting who you connect with and where you connect with people on your journey. And yeah. there are some phenomenal resellers out there who have social platforms who just aren't like, I didn't feel that connection with them, but they're mm -hmm. amazing. And I yeah. think also what's so great about the reselling community is I feel like there is something for everybody. Like one of the things I want to tap into more this year is eBay because I feel like I've just neglected eBay and I always talk about it and I continue to neglect it. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see like who's out there for eBay resellers who I'm going to learn from this year, you know, and it's, it's just, it's kind of nice. And then you see what a small world it really is, is, yeah. is as big as our community is. It's also pretty close knit and, there is a chance you're going to cross paths with someone along the way, you know, so it, it's kind yeah. of it's fun. Yeah. Danielle and I connected because we were New England girls and there weren't many people from New England represented um, 
in the big scope of things, like there are a lot of people from LA, Colorado had a big presence, um, like the bin pickers are from Indiana and yeah. Becky Park. And I, you know, I, a lot of people from Florida, but I just feel like there weren't a ton from the Northeast. And I, and I think that we've even created a little community here too. Yeah. 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 It's so, it's so funny that the first reseller podcast I came upon were two girls from Rhode Island and Massachusetts. I was like, oh, like this is wow. so awesome. <laughs> I'm right at home. Friends already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's so um, fun how the podcast has kind of brought New Englanders together. It wasn't our intention at all, but it's been really neat to see all these resellers from New England kind of pop up or people that used to live in New England. They're like, hey, you know, I used to live in this area and we just never meant it to be that, but it's become our own little community and it's been nice yeah. I love that it my favorite part about it it's not competitive it's not I learned so much from everybody like I learn and I don't feel like um I'm stepping on anyone's toes I don't feel like you know it's just it's not competitive it's like a bunch of my girlfriends and we like to shop and something. and if I think there, if, if the people who approach it approach reselling from like a scarcity mindset um, I think they must struggle a lot, like the people who aren't like rooting for others or who think that, yeah. you know, you're taking from them in some way and, and because there's just so much out there. Um, yeah, there really is. There's like, there is so, there's enough and more for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even there's when you so go to the bins and, and you're there, you may be standing next to someone and they are just so uninterested in what you're looking for. And that's yeah. pretty magical. And then there are the people, you know, you're like, oh damn, she's definitely looking for the yeah. same thing. As yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can spot the resellers. I can't oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You and Karen both have five children. Yep. Yeah. I saw yeah. you both nodding during that. And <laughs> I definitely was in your bio, Karen, or in the, the part that you, in your entry. I'm not sure if I remember you mentioning it as well, Marissa, but five kids in law school and lots of women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I only have three, my youngest are home now. My two boys are in the air force, so they're not, um, living at home, but I have my three daughters, two teenagers and an eight-year-old and my mother, my dog, my cat, law school, reselling I mean reselling is just my it's my fun outlet it's I just it's it's mine it's all mine and I love it so much I really want to get into eBay more too like I I primarily sell on Poshmark Mm -hmm. um I don't know what I'm doing on Macari (laughs) like that's a theme so (laughs) Chloe who is here with us today started in high school you said Chloe yeah on Macari yeah Okay. Do you want to go next? Do you can talk to us a little bit about, I got to go show my, so go ahead, Chloe. Sure. Um, Well, so first off, I'm Chloe. Hi. Um, I'm from Coverly Chaos and I am 20 years old and I'm a full-time college student. So reselling for me, like I started in an, on an accident. Like I feel like there's a bunch of things that happened like while I was in high school and everything that led me here, but I like completely all came together at one point on accident. So when I was 15, I started selling my own clothes on Mercari, but I was like that person that we all source from now. So <laughs> I was like selling stuff. I didn't know what it was, but it was just <laughs> me trying to make money to buy more clothes because my mom said I had too much. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would just buy things or sell things on Mercari, leave the balance in there, and I'll just buy other things. And like I was that person that was like red dress, purple shoes. <laughs> like, You're the person I love to buy from. <laughs> right? I'm the person that you all want to buy from, okay? So, <laughs> so like, and it was super easy for me. I didn't and Poshmark was alive at that time because it was 2015, but I don't think it was as big like as it is now. So I didn't know what it was. I don't even know how I figured out what Mercari was. But so then like fast forward, like kind of like a couple years later, like on and off, I would sell. And then I started, I joined Poshmark that same year, but I didn't start selling because I didn't understand it. I was confused. And then I started selling my freshman year of college, um, just my like own stuff, just to make some money because I didn't have time for work. Um, So I go to UC Irvine, which is kind of like UCLA's like sister school, if you guys know what UCLA is. Um, So it's kind of a rigorous quarter system. So not a whole lot of time to like do other stuff. So I started selling just to make some money to like be able to go out with friends and stuff. And then that was fun. And I would just do that here and there. And then I kind of stopped. And then once quarantine happened, I had to come home. I got kicked out of my dorm. I was living in my sorority house. And they basically, so we're on the quarter system. So it was the week before spring break, which was our finals week. And I had my last final on Thursday and on Wednesday, they were like, okay, you all have to be out by Friday. We were like, what? (laughs) So I basically had to pack everything up and like drive home that night. And then I took my final from home on Thursday. And then since then I've been living at home and we're online like indefinitely now, like we're not allowed to go back or anything. Um, and I've always been someone like super type A personality. I have to always be doing like a lot of things. So yeah, I know Danielle, I relate a lot to you when you talk because I know you're the same way. Like you always talk about how, like when you start projects, you just like deep dive, like that's me. Like I got to figure it all out the night of, otherwise I will not go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So when I was like doing so much at school, like I did have like part-time jobs here and there. Like I would tutor, I babysat, I had an internship, I was working in a research lab and like. I was on an improv team and I did all this stuff. And then when I got home, I was doing nothing. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I felt like very weird and out of loop. And so I started all these random projects that I tried to play guitar. I tried art. I tried becoming a real estate agent. Don't want to do that. But <laughs> I looked into it and I was like, never mind. <laughs> so I did all these things. And then I decided, I was like, oh yeah, I miss Poshmark. So I was like, okay, I'll post some of my stuff on Poshmark. And then I came across this like Poshmark blog about how people were like sourcing things from donations from next door. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like they sell other people's stuff. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. And then I like looked more into it and I realized like it was a thing and people actually did that. So I thought that was super cool. And I started doing that. And then like my first month was officially like May of this year. And so I got a bunch of donations and then I stumbled across Thrifters Villa first. That was like the first podcast I came across when I was looking for crime podcasts. I don't know how y'all popped up, but you did. Probably so, I love crime podcasts and they were like, maybe, like, yeah, you're me out too. There. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know I'm about them somewhere in our podcast. New England <laughs> criminals. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Italian started- mafia reference, Daniela. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something in those keywords just gotcha. <laughs> Hashtagged it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Daniela knows what she's doing. <laughs> so I started listening. I realized it was a thing and I became like hooked ever since. And so I started in May and now I kind of consider myself full-time, but also not because I'm a full-time college student. So like, it just really depends on the week. Um, but like similar to what Jessica said too, like online is 
a lot. Like, it's great in some ways, but it's terrible in others. And I think the hardest part, I'm also not someone who can just work from home 24-7. And so I struggled a lot my first quarter home, especially because I used to go study in, like, coffee shops and stuff. And, like, or I would go, like, a study group with my friends. And, like, I couldn't do that. And I couldn't study. Like, it just didn't work. And I didn't know how to do it. And, like, working from home now, too, I have a storage unit and I specifically go work there like at least a couple hours every day just so I can go somewhere and not be here because I live with my family now too. So it's a lot of people in one house. Um, Excuse me, is home still in California? Were you in state? Yes. So I live about an hour north of where I go to school in Irvine. So yeah. So I've seen a couple friends like since I've been home, but not very many because a lot of them also live all over the place in other places. So we're all kind of scattered, but yeah. So that's where that I'm here now. <laughs> so, exciting. so much ambition. I love it. I it's crazy because, you know, my son has been fully remote Rocco and, you know, at first his grades were great. And then he's struggling a little bit and he's like, mom, you would think I have all this time and I would be super productive but it actually has the opposite effect on me. And, um, and I get that, you know, I always say, I use this expression all the time, but when you need something done, give it to the busiest person in the room, because I feel like when you're busy, you budget your time, you get things done, you're motivated. And when you just have this blank canvas and the whole day is just open, sometimes I just stare at the wall, like, okay, where, where do I start? You know, and sometimes you have to budget your time, you get things done faster. So he just got word he's going back March 1st hybrid. And I just can't believe that it's going to be a full year because my kid's last day of school was March 12th. Yeah. I just can't even believe it's been a year. It's been a blur. I know. Well, thank you. Um, Kelly. It's, Welcome. It's I love that we have like college student here. <laughs> we know. have moms of five we have Jess in Colorado. We're like, I love the, the diversity yes. of this group already. Good mix. Yes. Great. Karen, you've been so patient. I know, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to being patient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> So um, uh, my name's Karen and I've uh, started thrifting probably when I was little. I've always just gone to thrift stores and everything because I had a little bit of a um, identity crisis through my whole childhood and high school and everything. And so when I would, um, I didn't necessarily like all of the stuff that was trendy that everybody else liked. So I loved going to thrift stores and being able to find something that was like a gauzy kind of boho shirt from like the 60s that I I remember one specifically that I have in a picture. I don't know whatever happened to it, but it was like my favorite thing ever. And so um, I would find the cutest stuff for super cheap. And then I would kind of stand out from the crowd, which I really, really liked. I was like, gothic for a while and then boho for a while and (laughs) so I kind of like went all over the place but um I didn't start um I mainly do Poshmark right now a tiny bit on Mercari but I've kind of stopped listing on there because I was listing cross-listing everything that I listed and I was getting like one sale a week so I was just like it's not worth my time right now so anyway um when I first started, it was a little over a year ago, just on Poshmark. And um, I mainly found out about it because I had been listening to the Side Hustle podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I already had like my own little business on Etsy that I had started on, which I had super anxious energy for a while. And um, because I think I was going through hormones or something. (laughs) um, So I started an Etsy shop doing my own hand painted wood signs and it was called Tiny Gold Elephant. So just a little bit different. (laughs) And uh, I love doing it. My garage was a mess. There was sawdust everywhere. I constantly had wood stain under my nails. <laughs> it's just, and it was hard coming up with like all these different designs and all sorts of stuff. And so after a while, I started listening to the Side Hustle podcast because I was like, well, I, I want to be my own boss. I need to have something that's mine. Just like she was saying, um, you know, I've always been a stay-at-home mom and I was at the point where I was like I need something that's just mine because I have all boys and so I'm like the odd one out they're like playing games and watching Star Wars and I'm over in the corner like playing Candy Crush (laughs) (laughs) so I um I learned about it and my husband was off doing work in Oregon uh, for a while and so I looked up some different thrift store, thrift stores that were over in my area and ended up finding one that was like a mile down the street because this is when we lived in Texas before we lived, we moved to Utah a year ago and found out after liking them on Facebook that they had a day where you could go and fill an entire garbage bag for a dollar. Oh my gosh. And wow. So wow. I was like, well, that's a good way to start. <laughs> The the guy that ran this store um, bought storage units. And so he would have massive amounts of clothes. So there would be these giant pallets that were like huge boxes. And I would go there and just dig. So it was kind of my first like bins sort Mm -hmm. of experience. And um, so there was a lot of like uh, Beverly Goldberg kind of sweaters and stuff like that. That's great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so I started listing those, just got a little command hook, stuck it on my wall in my bedroom. And, you know, I still do that a lot of my pictures are just command hook on the wall. And then I use photo room to like make a white background. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a great so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that, uh, I think I was really hooked once there was um, this one like ice. Icelandic sweater I can't remember the specific name but it was like all wool and it had these like pewter little clasps on the front and it sold for like $40 and I paid like 10 cents for it and I was like so ecstatic that the next week I went back and like bought more and brought my sister with me and (laughs) so um I've it's been really doing empowering it empowering and exciting when you make yeah. that deal and you think in terms of like, you know, I can have a part-time job making like, you know, between 13 and $18 an hour, whatever it is, or I can sell this sweater and make $30 yeah. profit yeah. right after Poshmark. It's exciting. It's, it's, you know, then you start running the numbers in your head and you think of all the possibility. Yeah. It kind of, it, it got away with me really fast, but when we moved from Uh, about a year ago, it was right before Christmas last year, we had to move, we moved from Texas to Utah and I had to just get rid of everything, but I only had like maybe a hundred items, not even that. And so I had to start over with it. 
And then my husband ended up losing the job that we moved out here for right before COVID, which was just even worse. So I had to, I kind of started off going to the bins, which I still do a lot. And I started out with like $20. And so I, I told my husband, I said, I am not, I don't care what else is going on. We have to figure it out. I'm not paying myself until I hit a thousand items in my Poshmark closet. Until then, everything just goes right back into it. And so now I'm up to like, on average, it's usually around 1200 items. So yeah. And then next month, I'm going to start diving into eBay and I'm super nervous <laughs> about that. Packed between the six of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so inconsistent with eBay. So I have good months and then I have months where I like this month where I just left it and didn't touch it at all. Yeah. I feel like I had a, uh, like an epiphany with eBay and it's just around Oh my gosh, my my son's friends are here. See, who is worried hey, about people Rocco's friends. <laughs> Dog, I opened the door, I closed the door, then Lucky came back in, opened the door, and now there's a party downstairs. All right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Just one second, I'm only going like 10 feet. <laughs> Welcome to- My husband has all five boys like exiled into a bedroom watching <laughs> movies right now. <laughs> I'm jealous. I know. Because my boys are between five and 15. And so it's like oh, every wow. level of craziness. Wow. <laughs> and a five lot of energy. Boys like, are tough. And five yeah. of them. I yeah, can't well, imagine. My oldest just had knee surgery a week ago because he dislocated his knee in wrestling twice. And uh, so this after the second time, they had to do surgery. And uh, um, one of his ligaments had to be replaced with a cadaver one. Yuck. <laughs> wow. And then my 13 year old and my 10 year old got braces on three days apart. So they're both whiny. Oh, that's miserable. <laughs> them locked up. No. Yeah. <laughs> they're all ornery at each other right now. Oh and then God. I'm trying to get them to do chores while I'm doing stuff. And yeah. Oh my goodness. Motherhood. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Chaos. I think the underlying theme of everyone after introducing themselves and for Lori and, and, our, and myself is reselling has become like this outlet for us, right? It's our escape or it's, you know, our own thing. It's something that we enjoy doing. We can call our own and we're proud of, and we're constantly trying to do new things and meet new people and get better at it and all of that. So um, I think that's the common theme in general when it comes to reselling. And I'm sure there are other people out there that do it for the pure business purposes of it all. But it's nice to be in a room, you know, talking to people who have similar ideas and goals when it goes with reselling. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I can't imagine. I don't think I'm ever going to not resell. Um, I want to be an attorney. Um, but I think I will always resell in some capacity, you know, it's just, I love it. I, it's my outlet. Yeah. And it's yeah. always interesting. It's always changing. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's never a time where you can just be like, that's it. I'm done. Like I know it all. Like never. There's always. Yeah. yeah. 
there's always new trends. There's in, in what's working for you might not be working for me. So it, it's, it's this constant puzzle too, that you're trying to figure out. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And I get to feed my shopping. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I'm working. I find, like, I, I find that I want for less as much as because I kind of, I, I scratch that itch, so to speak, just through yeah. reselling. And then, e or even if I wear it once or twice and then resell it, like, what did you just get, Daniela, that you've been pining over? The, the, the Willis bag, the, the coach, coach bag. The vintage coach bag. Yeah. yeah, I ended up listing it. I wore it once and I was like, I can't keep this. I watched Lori's video where she sold it. How much you sell it for, Lori? 80? 120? No, it was like 120, yeah. And I know that those coach like bags, the vintage ones go for, especially the specific style, the Wilson yes. or the Wiley, both of them, yeah. they go for quite a bit of money. And there's always that, like, oh, I really want to keep it because it's such like, a special piece that you don't come across often. But do I really need it? Or do I want to sell it and give it to someone who really wants it and then I make the money from it? I decided to list it. And yeah. And you wore it once, so you're like, okay. And I think I believe if you really loved it that much, you would have kept it. I would have kept that option, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that I was love me. Them. Like a few weeks ago, with a, I had a Johnny Was cardigan, the Bia one mm -hmm. that had like cross stitch all over it and had a hood and everything. And I just fell in love with it. I found it at the bins, and it was in perfect condition. So it cost me like not even two dollars. Oh and I ended up selling it for 200 bucks. And so I was like, so worth it. Okay. I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I wore it once to church. And so I took a picture of myself with it on. <laughs> so I could that remember. Like a good blessing. Like you wore it to church and it's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like the money is officially in your account. It was worth the yes. yeah. so oh, We just wow. have a rotating closet. So it's well, that's okay. the way I look at it too, because a lot of times I'll pick random pieces and I'll wear them for either I'm taking a picture or I want to wear it for a YouTube video or whatever. And I'll put it on, I get my fix and then it goes back and I don't need it. I just, I can pick and choose. Sometimes the shoes don't make it to the sell pile and I keep. That's the one thing I'm bad at. Shoes, I love. Kind of like being celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are my favorite thing that I like to keep. I need oh. to get better at that. That's fun. So Chloe, tell us about from a 20, 20 year old perspective. Um, uh, Cause I, I, I'm like fascinated, but by, by like what's up and coming or what's trending. And when I shop with my daughter or her friends, like I'm always enlightened by like what they pick up over what I think is cool. And clearly at 47, I'm missing the mark on a few things. <laughs> Honestly though, no, like, see, I feel like I do pick up different stuff from like a lot of the YouTubers I watch. Cause I feel like there isn't a whole ton of younger ones. Like there's a couple and I watch all of them, but you know, a lot of the ones are like, um, like have careers or like have children and stuff. And just like a very different time of life, obviously. Um, yeah, so I, honestly, though, my friends always laugh at me because I'm not really the trendiest. And like, I've thrift shopped my whole life and I just wear what I wear. Like, um, I don't really have a style, but being a reseller like has made me more have a style. But mm -hmm. I laughed when you were talking about you took your daughter and her friend to that estate sale mm -hmm. and how what they picked up versus like what you picked up. And I was laughing the whole time. because <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, if you had took me, I would have taken everything that they picked up. Like, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> like, yeah, I totally like I'll pick up anytime I see Brandy Melville, like it'll sell in seconds on Mercari. And like anytime I see like 
Zara, like, usually I'll pick it up because it'll either sell really fast on Mercari or really fast on, like, eBay auction, or I can just take it to Play-Doh's, and purely because it says Zara on it, they'll give me, like, three bucks for it just because it says Zara. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, so, like, that's kind of a bonus, like, um, knowing what, like, the Play-Doh's girls want or, like, what Mercari people want because I feel like Mercari is a younger audience. All right, so, so talk be to us about Mercari. Let's, do, does yeah, everybody yeah. want to give like five yes. minutes to Mercari here? Yes. yes. I, I am curious. Chloe, please explain yeah. Mercari to us. Yeah, okay. So, so like I said earlier, when I started selling stuff really cheap, like I, that's how I knew like stuff sells fast when it's cheap. Um, and so I did try Mercari again. Like when I first started, I posted everything on Mercari. It was going really well. And then I think I got cocky and like I started to like up price stuff as I would price it like on Poshmark and didn't go well. So I was like, okay, so I kind of figured it out. Um, and I actually just kind of experimented in the last couple months and just put out a episode on my podcast um, about it. And my, yeah, shameless self plug. Yes, what what's that? your podcast name? Let everyone know. Um, it's Thrifter's Chaos. Oh, I love it. Oh, I yeah. love that. I um, love so that. I tried like this thing I tried a two for 20 because I see people do it posh closet so, so I was like okay so I listed everything at $15 and I said two for 20 in my bio and on all the listings and the amount of things that sold for two for 20 was like two things and everything else sold at either $12 or $15 but I made like at least one sale a day for an entire month purely by listing everything at $15. And so I was like, am I onto something here? Okay, okay. <laughs> and so then I started listing more stuff for even cheaper than 15. And it was just like offer, offer, offer. And like people, because on Mercari, you can only offer a certain amount under the price. So if you list something at 15, the person can only offer you $12. So I kind of found like, that's kind of the sweet spot. Like I'll list it at 15 and I'll expect someone to offer me 12 and I'll take it. And occasionally they'll message me and be like, will you take 10? And I'll be like, yeah. Um, so I'm like an extremely like low cost of good seller. Like I shop at garage sales or I shop at bins or something. Mm -hmm. So selling on Mercari is like super great because it just moves a lot of stuff quickly. And like I said, it's a lot of the stuff that like wouldn't always move on posh or doesn't move as much because I do pick up like trendier, like young teeny bopper, whatever you want to call it, styles. So, cause that's what I know. <laughs> that's what I wear. So, um, but yeah, and I also like, for me, I thought about it and I actually deleted everything from Mercari like three months ago and I had like 700 listings on there and me and my friend were talking about it and we were just fed up with it because they were making all those changes and they weren't telling sellers like when they changed their, they changed their percentage and then they were like, were knocking down on like returns and they weren't being nice to sellers and it was just a mess and we got really fed up and so we deleted everything and then I actually reached out to them and talked to them because I was like, what's going on? Like, I've been a seller on here for a while. And it just seems like some is there like a change or something. And they said, like, there was some change in their like corporation or something, and that they're working on it. And they're trying to like, fix it and get everything better. I don't know exactly what was going on. But then, like, from there, I feel like I haven't had any problems. Like after it was like a month of just weirdness, and then everything went back to normal. So I was like, okay, so I started posting everything. That's when I started the two for 20 and everything. And then since then, like, it's been completely fine. I just take offers. And I feel like the more offers I accept, the more, like, it kind of gets the ball rolling. Mm. But At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. 
we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's definitely like a consistency thing. I think like any really platform. Same with eBay. Like, because you don't really share your items. So your things don't get like re-exposed. But if you're listing like every day or at least like every week or something, the chances of you getting like more exposure is really high. And um, I think too, if you use like a listing platform, it'll be easier. I don't know if anybody like uses. I know um, Danielle used List Perfectly and Lori used Vendu, right? Yeah. So I use Vendu. So listing on Mercari takes me maybe two seconds because it's the easiest one to list on. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to do anything like you do on eBay and Posh. And I have a VA that does my eBay draft for me on Vendu. And so then I just literally have to delete 10 characters in the Mercari title and then post it. So if I make one sale a day on Mercari, I don't mind posting 10 things a day. So that's kind of been my strategy. And I think it just takes time and patience. So yeah, I mean, it's like any other platform like eBay, for example, people get really frustrated with eBay because it takes a long time to start making consistent sales on eBay. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you drop off that wagon of being consistent on eBay, your sales will diminish. There's just no way around it. Um, and then you'll randomly get sales here and there because they think they feel bad for you and they start to pop up <laughs> platforms so that they feel bad and they're like, all right, let's give her a Our sale. <laughs> and she'll start posting more things. Um, but yeah, I mean, Makari is interesting to me because I started listing things on there and I didn't have any success and I kind of gave up on it for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? They have, they had that credit. It was like, you got $20 or something to buy something, right? If you like listed 10 things, whatever it was. So I did that and I started making a couple sales. But what was interesting to me was I wasn't selling the lower end stuff. I was selling the more expensive stuff, yeah. which is I always crazy. Say, I see that. And I think it's so interesting because that's never worked for me. Me <laughs> either. That's never for worked for me either. Yeah. 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 It's so different for everyone. So the things that I sold on there was like, wait, what is happening? Like things for 50 <laughs> plus, which is so strange. Things that I think yeah. with Poshmark were selling on Mercari. So I kind of kept at it for a little bit and I've, I've neglected it a little bit the last few, um, the last two months. But I think in the new year, I, I have list perfectly. There's no reason for me not to list on Mercari and eBay. It's super simple. Whether you use list perfectly or Vendu, it doesn't matter. It's a very easy process. And Mercari is simple. Like you said, Chloe, there is very minimal work involved in listing on Mercari. It is extremely user-friendly. Um, it's, people say all the time it is a mix of ebay and poshmark meshed together that's exactly like they had a baby yeah. they made if a you're price. coming from poshmark and you know you're used to how poshmark works if you're wanting to branch out i always recommend mercari it's yeah. very the, the listing is very simple it's very similar to um to poshmark like it's it's just it's very easy mm-hmm. but then if you want to really branch out try ebay I love eBay. I love eBay so much. I think that the thing that gets people with eBay is the shipping. shipping. That's what yeah. gets <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. You're so making me nervous. With Poshmark. And I, I know, I, you know, look, in a, in a month, Poshmark shipping is going to go up as it does every single January. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe this will be the year 
when Poshmark, you know, I don't know anything. I'm just like speculating. I wonder if this will be the year when they roll out some kind of tiered shipping. I personally hope that they don't. I think it's extreme. I think it makes Poshmark unique that they just have the flat, you know, however much up to five pounds. I think it makes it very easy. But once you get the understanding of how eBay shipping works. To me, it's it's like clockwork. You can do flat rate shipping where like you input a specific amount that the buyer has to pay. I don't do that. I do the, the um, oh you my gosh. Calculated shipping? Calculated shipping, yeah. Really? I do too. Yeah, I do calculate everything. I've worked under the assumption that when I do calculated shipping for people, it's too much of like an unknown, like people want to know the bottom line. It's just totally my own assumption. So if, I, if I'm selling to a, somebody in California living on the East Coast and I'm selling something heavy, like I, I don't, I, I guess I assume that people don't want to do the math on their own to figure it out. So I just kind of guesstimate whatever my flat rate will be. And I'm afraid that if I guesstimate, I'm going to undershoot it. Like I have no idea how, (laughs) how it works with that, you know, and I, I would hate for a buyer to be charged, you know, even 10 cents. I mean, you know, that you don't, you don't want that to happen, but I, I think with any, just like with any platform with eBay, you have to be consistent. I think eBay makes it easy to be consistent because you can end the listing. You, eBay is just so like, you know, it's been around forever. There's a lot of, of features and it is overwhelming, but I, I really enjoy it and you can end the listing and then you can sell similar and it's just like you're relisting, you're making it a new listing. So for someone like me, I don't have a ton of inventory. I'm trying to grow my inventory. That makes it really easy to continue to keep listing new items because a sell similar does that. Right. Yeah. I think out of all three platforms, the one where you're going to see a lot of the quote unquote bigger resellers on that are um, consistently making those big sales and have that full-time income typically are Amazon or eBay because eBay was designed for this. They've been doing it for years and it is designed for the, the reseller or a seller in general because people sell new things on there too. Um, where Poshmark and Mercari, they're, they're newer to the game. They just are. And they have, they're trying to figure out their, um, their space. And they're just a totally different model. I know, Daniela, you watched it, but did any of you watch um, Amber Resell's video about um, I did. Poshmark going public? I, I thought that yeah, was so I did. It was so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love how she breaks things down. And to, to your point, Jess, with the price increase, I wonder if there's going to be like a breaking point where the shipping is just too expensive. If they'll continue to raise their price because didn't she um share the number that they made like the money that they made on shipping yeah Yeah. they make money on shipping yeah they like are they really will you think they'll keep increasing the price even though they're making all this money and they're they're almost at the point where i feel like they're pricing themselves out like i hate to list a t-shirt on poshmark like when i do cross post the things that i always cross post first to ebay are lightweight things, are, are things that will fit in a padded flat rate envelope or, you know, things that like bras or bracelets or jewelry or uh, bathing suits, like really lightweight things that I can charge $3.99 to ship on eBay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm curious where it's going to go now that they're going public. I think, I really think 
I think, I don't know, this is my hypothesis on this all. I know they want to go international. So they're in Canada, but I also saw that they're going to be going in Australia, that they're working towards going into Australia. So my thought process on this is they're probably going to put some type of like UPS, FedEx type of thing in there where they can be like a global shipping um, network of some sort, kind of like how eBay does it. Um, I don't know when that would ever roll out, but I do know that people have inquired about the free people and the other um, merchants that have come on Poshmark that are actual, you know, big corporations. They are using supposedly um, UPS and FedEx to ship things out. They're not using USPS. So, and they're probably testing it out with them. And that makes sense to test it out with a big company like Free People or Levi's or whichever one it is, because it gives them more options when it comes to shipping. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see FedEx and UPS come into the platform like Mercari. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know, but I, I do see I that. I actually like that. Yeah, I, I actually like that about Mercari is that you have the option yeah. to um, use a different carrier. Uh, just because sometimes pe UPS is like $9.99 for up to a certain amount. And USPS is expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. And I, I just, I always feel so bad <laughs> charging $11 for shipping, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't put anything over a pound onto, um, onto Macari. Macari. I just haven't felt it. I don't, you know, we, everybody has always gone to purchase something. Like we have all gone to purchase something. We go to press, we go to the checkout and then we say, you know what? No, I'm not buying this because shipping is too expensive. You know, like we are, yeah. we've all been buyers before and are buyers. And I think just like with anything, you know, you, you, you can't make everyone happy. I do though agree with the whole, like Poshmark is making a lot of money on shipping. I think that, you know, as much as we all love Poshmark, there's a, there's a lot of, I don't want to say shady, but there's just a lot of, of things that oh, like, you can say it, say it. <laughs> say it. No, okay. see, I agree with you. Thanks. Yeah, no, I agree. I take it up mind. think it's shady, and maybe shady is not the right word, but they keep everything so private all the time. Yes, and I understand yes. why because they were trying to go public, so I get that. So they kept a lot of things to themselves. They're testing, they're researching, right? But now that they are going public or they're attempting to go public, and everything has to come out, it kind of gives all of the sellers a better idea of okay, now I understand maybe some of the things they would have done or, wow, I can't believe they really made that much money. That person made that much money and they haven't even gone public yet. So once they sell off all their shares, they're probably going to leave kind of thing, you know? So there's a lot of changes that are probably going to come about with Poshmark. I don't know if it'll be immediate, but it's just interesting to um, see the reality of it all and what's actually happening behind the scenes. The one thing that really was... Um, the most eye-opening, I guess, to me was how they put the statistic in their IPO of how many people are active. That was yes. And yeah. I mean, it's some of it's false information. I mean, all of that interaction that you're seeing is all the shares that are being mandated for the sellers and buyers to do back and forth with each other. I mean, I understand why they do it, right? Because you want investors to be invested in your company. So I totally get that. Um, but even the inactive and active users, I mean, the amount of active users that are actually on there 
are not as many as we think. Right. So just for yeah. the people who are listening to the podcast and, and may not know, true. like who maybe see Amber's thing, I think what, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think what um, Poshmark claimed is that they have 70, 70, thousand no 70 what was the number 70 million i think active. So. Let's see if i can pull it up whatever their number like, was their active user was a little like a just shy of half of what they were reporting as far as who's an active user or is it just a little bit more than half i don't i don't want to speak out of terms here yeah, let's see if i can find it here i'm trying to find it and then whatever and then um ebay was like 180 Oh yeah, but and the thing too is that the st- the thing that's frustrating with with Poshmark and now we all love Poshmark, right? So we're not bashing them or anything like this. It's just just you know friends talking. Um, they have all this data, and I think this is the most frustrating thing to me is they have all this data and they have yet to release any sort of dashboard or tool that really dives deep into it for our sellers to understand how we can better our business. I think if we even had even just a little bit of that data that they had released it would help us understand things more like the age groups and the demographics and you know where um most sales are going to that was interesting to me most of it's going to the west coast and the south which i kind of already knew but yeah see it on paper i mean that it it opens your eyes a little bit more seeing it and hearing it and thinking you know it are all very different things um, i really like on ebay and mercari that you're able to see how many people have viewed i love that feature i think that that is so yeah. interesting and like on ebay i have some things that have an absurd number of views and then i have other things that have a low number of views and i have actually used that information to my knowledge to really go into the listing and see, okay, maybe I need to add some keywords. Maybe there is not enough information here, you know, like why is this not being seen as much as other items? So yeah, I feel like with Poshmark, we're kind of left to do those. We're left to take care of that on our own and, and, you know, have those questions be answered from, I don't know, like there's services where, you know, we know in the community that provide that information. And that I think is what is just so wonderful about this community is that people have their their strengths and their backgrounds and, you know, have come to bring that forward to people to help people try and obtain that information. You know, people that are doing this as a business, you want that information. Yeah, I agree. I think Flashmark was never designed to be for the full-time reseller, which is why I think they're a little behind on the things that, you know, we would expect them to provide. And that's not their fault. Um, I don't think they were anticipated to have the audience that they have. Um, and they're trying to catch up with what they, I mean, they're very receptive when people reach out, when other resellers reach out and speak to the CEO and, you know, and all that, they are very receptive to that. So I think they know um, who they need to gauge things to. It's just going to take them time. They're, they're a baby in the reselling game. They're a baby and they're also a different model. I don't, I don't think they want to be eBay. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they are young, but I don't know if that's maybe in numbers, they want to be eBay and in growth, but I don't know that that's the model that they ever want. And it, it was, it's 60 million users, it says here, but I think what, what they reported was 70 million, but there's actually like maybe 36. Yeah. yeah. It, it's about half, I would say. So, but 
you know, so that's maybe something that they'll work on. Maybe the investor yeah. will come in and say, maybe you need to look at your inactive users and help clean up, you know, clean up your platform a little bit kind of thing. So we'll have to see what 2021 brings for, for them. I'm curious to see if they become public and what happens and who ends up investing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the nerd in me gets really excited about that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see. We'll totally see what happens. Wow. You know, a thought that I've had recently too is just um, people reach out to me. A lot of the people who I've worked with in um, like closet coaching and consultations and stuff have been people who have been either laid off or things have changed because of the pandemic. So I think reselling in general has seen a huge spike yeah. over this past year. And, you know, there's always like question of whether or not we think it's saturated or not. And I mean, I think we were all talking about how we think that there's plenty to go around. But I'm also curious to see like, in a year from now or two years from now, are we, are, is there going to be a dip for people who are just kind of like in and out a little bit here for the pandemic or maybe worked 20 hours a week now, but then they go back to their full-time jobs. And then now maybe they're dabble that maybe it's like three or four hours a week. It'll be interesting to see just the trajectory of where things go post pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very trendy thing right now. Like every, I, I usually go to the bins like every week because I, I find lots of good stuff there and they're just like the last couple of months since they reopened after uh, the shutdown and everything, there's just been a huge influx of uh, younger people there, but you can tell they have yeah. a certain kind of aesthetic about them and they go for all the vintage stuff because there's, there's already a lot of resellers there. <clears throat> that that's the main thing they sell. So like, I mean, there, for instance, there, there's a guy at my bins, him and his girlfriend are there, a lot of them pretty much every single day. So I call them like my coworkers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, I know they're there for finding vintage t-shirts. That's mainly what they look for because they sell tons of them, especially on like Depop and stuff like that. And so um, they'll hand me stuff they know I'm going to sell and I'll hand them stuff I know they're going to sell. And so this one time a while ago, I think it was like two months ago, um, I pulled this t-shirt out of the bins because, you know, I'm going through and I use my dexterity a lot to feel, you know, fabric and everything. And I could tell it was a new shirt. So I pull it out and I see Shaq on it. And then I see that he's drinking a Pepsi and I realized it was brand new, had never been washed, and it was single stitch on the bottom, which meant it was a vintage one. And I was like, you know, totally naive about it because I'm like, well, I don't sell this kind of stuff, you know? So I just walk over to him and I'm like, I'm like, isn't this the kind of stuff you guys sell? And I was just trying to be super nice and I was just going to give it to him. And I held it up and he's like, I will give you $100 for that right now. Wow. Maybe I don't want to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I make a hundred dollars. All I had to do is pull yeah. it out of the bin. Yeah. He yeah. gets to photograph it. He gets to ship so it, all that stuff. It sold for like 185 bucks. Oh, nice. I was like, hey. oh, that was a good flip for you. Yeah. So, I mean, that was awesome. So now whenever I find any vintage shirts, I think they like, like, like do you have a hundred dollars? How much are you going to give me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he was like, yeah, I saw you from the other end. I saw you pull it out of the bin. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that is That's really a story cool. right there. I, yeah. I know nothing about t-shirts, single stitch, like nothing. Yeah. Not that's all I know is the single stitch thing. The stuff they pull out of the bins is they're like, this vintage t-shirt will sell. And I'm like, dude, that's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Who's> <laughs> <buying> that? 
That's my thought process. I wore that when I was in eighth grade. Come on now. It's not cute anymore. <laughs> we were watching an early episode of Friends the other day, and um, it, it was just on a loop all 10 seasons in my house for about two years. But we were watching like the early episodes and I and just absolutely everything that they were wearing is just mm-hmm. hugely popular right now. So yeah. crazy. It's fun. Well, I've actually used that in my listings. Like Have I'll you? say like, yeah, I'll say something like Clueless or like Rachel from Friends. Oh God, like Clueless. Something that she would wear. <laughs> and it like does well. <laughs> Somebody messaged me last week and it was just ironic because I'm watching Vampire Diaries right now with Angelina. <laughs> losing her mind over it. No, seriously. Um, Stefan and Damon, like we just love them. <laughs> Stefan was just I, Stefan was just named like sexiest man of the year. And yep. we we're so impressed because like the show is old. Um, but anyways, somebody messaged me and said it was an anthropology shirt that I had listed, like a like a royal blue with um, I don't know if it was Sparrow or Maeve or whatever, but they messaged me on Poshmark and they said I just want you to know that Caroline from Vampire Diaries wore this season four, episode 11. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was a, like, we've been so into Vampire Diaries. And she said, you should really put that in your listing because it will sell for you. So I need to update it. But yeah, that stuff works. And I just think it's funny that that was the show that she mentioned. And we are like, <laughs> we, we took a break for Christmas because there was just something very wrong about watching Vampire Diaries like, <laughs> episode, like on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so we took a break, but we're back. We watched it today. <laughs> it's so funny because someone last week reached out to me too about um, a skirt that I had listed. And I just, I don't like, it's a brand that Nordstrom carries, but I didn't, I don't know what celebrities wore it or whatever. Someone said the same thing to me. Kelly Clarkson wore this on episode, blah, 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 on her talk show. Make sure you get the photo. Here's the link for it. I was like, okay. Wow. wow. That's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, whoever you are. I appreciate it. And I did do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm always so surprised about like what people are willing to pay for something or what something yeah. that I would be like, this is nothing. I, to me, people, I, I'm just always so surprised about how much things sell for or how desirable things are. I'm just, I learn something new all the time. I love that. Yeah. It is fascinating. Yeah. yeah I think like the other day someone was too. saying that on Depop, like faded glory from Walmart because yeah. the older Walmart brand from like a couple of years ago, it ended is like big. And I was mm-hmm. like, seriously, do you know how much I, I, I see so yeah. much faded glory? Pick that up for Poshmark. Yeah. Like that's the stuff I'm like, no. what it is, Chloe? Chloe, speak to us. <laughs> yeah. I, it's weird. Like I was going to say too, when you were talking about Depop, like I, I'm going to be interested to see how much Depop grows in 2021. Cause I can't name a single friend that doesn't has does not own the Depop app. Like really, my huh. friends like, they don't source for it, but they just sell and they buy on there, and it's just like the circulation. Hmm. And I just think it's like really Gen Z huh. is just gonna like blow that out of the park, well, and they know like they know more Chloe, than I do. I don't know anything. Chloe needs to stay in our corner and teach us. <laughs> yeah, I just downloaded the Depop app because yeah. I was thinking yeah, of of selling on there. Huh, that's interesting. Well, it's funny, yeah, it's and you know how like it, a mind of its own. 
Yeah. When I go shopping with Eddie and Lindsay, Lindsay, my intern, and then Eddie, who is like my, my best friend's son, um, mm -hmm. I will pick something up and I'll say, oh, I'm listing it for whatever on Poshmark. And they say, well, add $20 and also list it on Depop for like $20 yeah. more. They're like, that's just a Depop item. I'm like, okay, but I don't, I mean, I haven't, but I, I don't have but Depop. There's so many people in there that, that they model the stuff. And like Lori was saying in one of the podcasts I listened to, she doesn't want to model. I don't want to model stuff. Me either. I, mean, I don't want to model stuff. I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> like, do things that just sit in the hangar sell there on Depop? Or do like, does it have to, you have to model it, right? Like modeled stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, yeah, I know. Vibes. Like, just like, it's all about like the styling and the like I think of you you probably have heard of McThriftsy, like mm -hmm. her modeled items, yeah. like that's what sells on Depop. <laughs> like yeah. how she models her stuff. Like But like she is a model. I mean she right. can exactly. wear anything, you know? She really <laughs> Pretty can. Much. She can pull I still it off. Like her regardless. No. Yeah. yeah, right. I guess we can still like her, whatever. <laughs> this person. Um, okay. This is what happens on Thrifters Villa all we the time. We just keep going. Just going. We like, had a script, and I just look. It's it's nine twenty and nine eighteen, um, and I think we got started relatively, you know, like by eight. We were on time, right? <laughs> but we still want to do our take it or leave it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, do we want to do our twenty twenty one goals? Do you want to do that? Sure. sure. All right. So let's go around quickly, and like it could be something brief. It could be reseller related or not. It doesn't matter. Um, so I'll go first. So for me, my twenty twenty one goal. Um, I have one in particular that I've been brainstorming the last uh, couple of weeks and I'll announce it here because why not? Um, I think going into 2021, I'm going to do, so everyone knows I did these not so mystery reseller boxes, right? Like I, everyone knows I did these things and I sold a lot of them. And that model that I did at that time didn't work. It worked for what I needed at that point in time. I need to get rid of things. I needed the money, fine. Um, going forward, I think I'm gonna make it a monthly thing. I'm gonna have a whole sourcing schedule um i'm gonna go on certain days when there's certain sales i'm gonna pick certain types of items there's gonna be a theme of some sort i don't have all the details obviously hammered out yet um and i'm gonna create these boxes and they'll be like a limited supply of some sort and they'll be affordable between probably 25 to 35 dollars and they might be like 10 and they'll drop on a certain day and this is like where my website would really come in handy um, once I finish doing that. Uh, and I think that's going to be part of my strategy going forward. So I don't have as many things in my tiny space that I have right now. And I'm still sourcing and I'm still thrifting and it's just going to be a different way of me doing it. And if I find stuff that I want to sell myself, um, or if I find things I'm going to send into the real world, then I'm going to do that too. Um, but I'm just trying to think of different ways to streamline my inventory that I have here with the space that I have. And I think this will be a way for me to do it. So that's, that's one of the things. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to have like a different theme every month or yeah. just, you know, some, some, something exciting to change yeah. things up, you know? Um, so for 2021, for me, I definitely, I've never been really good about being an efficient person. <laughs> I, I'm not super fast when I do stuff. And I think I've actually maxed out with how many listings I can get up in a month or growth, I guess. I, I, I'm not looking to grow my numbers so much anymore. So I think what I, I really need to do this year is, is the eBay thing, because if I'm cross-posting, I'm not carrying any more inventory. Um, because like currently I have like 120 items 
on eBay, 1,256 on Poshmark. And I just have, I just feel like there's so much room for growth without having to buy anything else. And I know this is the truth. So eBay is going to be a big focus this year. And um, I just want to get more creative with stuff, um, tighten things up with my, my website. And I want to continue to do my like Boston quarterly launches. Um, just uh, be more creative, be more efficient and um, work smarter, not harder. People say it all the time. I never say it, but I do want to do it this year. <laughs> You can do it, Lori. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm going to make it a focus. So that's all. Karen, how about you go next? Um, well, I think I have two goals. One's for my YouTube channel. I think I'm at 139 subscribers right now. It's been going for about three months. Um, nice. And it's a hefty goal, but I want to be able to get to 1,000 and uh, the 4,000 watch hours by the end of this year. I'm hoping like, way before the end of this year so I can start monetizing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and then probably my goal for reselling itself uh, would be the eBay thing like Lori was saying because um, I'm just very kind of nervous about that but I know just doing one platform probably isn't the best idea. It's always good with everything to kind of diversify just in case something happens with Poshmark you know, cause there's so much stuff kind of up in the air with it right now. And eBay's just meant so much more for resellers. I think it'd really be a good idea to kind of get into that, try and make it um, as successful as Poshmark, if not more. So those are great goals. You'll get there with them being monetized too. I hope so. <laughs> well, everyone go subscribe to Karen's channel. It'll be in the show notes. Yes, Karen, I the name of your um, YouTube channel. It's tiny gold hanger. Just like Instagram. Yeah. And my Poshmark, all the same. Oh, that's, yeah. that's easy. All yeah. right. Great. I subscribe today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, all right. As soon as I get off, I'm going to go subscribe. Awesome. Me too. <laughs> all right, Chloe, you're next. Um, I think mine is kind of life, kind of reselling, but my goal for 2021 is to kind of like slow down and let myself be 21. <laughs> um, so yeah, I turned 21 in February and I feel like this year, especially with the pandemic, like I haven't really let myself just like be a young adult. Um, and I like, haven't really talked to my friends a whole lot and stuff. I think that's just like COVID, but, and like, I've just kind of let reselling, like keep my entire life busy and everything. And I kind of forgot that I'm not 30 <laughs> and I don't like, Watch it. I don't, yeah, like I don't have a house to pay for. Like I literally just had to pay for my car, my insurance. And like, I don't need that much money. So like, I don't need to be like killing myself over this and trying to get more and more and more. And like, I'm growing faster than I can handle. And so my goal is to kind of like, um, be 20, be 21 and like, I, that's why I started YouTube because it's like fun for me and my podcast and everything. So that's like a big goal of mine. Just keep doing that. Like whether I get monetized or not, I don't care because it's just fun and just allow myself to like chill out and be okay and just be young. <laughs> so yeah. Good. It goes by fast, Chloe. So just enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Enjoy being 20 and 21. Yeah. The work will always be there. Mm -hmm. It will. All right, Jess, your turn. 
So in terms of reselling, I really want to keep growing my inventory. I don't have a number in mind. I kind of do, but I'm, I'm not looking to like say, I want to get to this number by a certain time. But I know in order to do that, you have to just keep listing every day, listing consistently, even if that's relisting, just to keep the momentum going. And then um, in my personal life, uh, this year was very hard for me. Very, very hard for me, as I know that it has been to all of you on this episode and, and all of you listening with this pandemic. And my hope for next year is to be more mentally and financially stable. I'm really hoping to secure a job in my fields sometime next week before the end of the year. It's been a lot of highs and lows with that. And um, I think kind of something that has been hard for me is that I've been like, we've had all this time on our hands, you know, and you hear about people doing this and people doing that. And, and I, I know that, you know, without like sounding cocky. I know that I have a lot of gifts to offer based on my interests and my passions and what I'm knowledgeable about. And I've kind of let myself just sit because of this whole situation and just like how I've been feeling mentally. I would really love to start a podcast of my own. And I think I'm going to chat with you, Chloe, to just see like what that has been like for you. And I know Lori and Daniela, obviously you two are podcasts Queens, it's been about a year that you've been doing it. And I, I just, I just like have a lot of ideas for myself and I just want to live a more fulfilling life than I did this year because, uh, 2020, I, I had a lot of rough days. I had a lot of rough days and I'm, I'm saying that, you know, I'm in the mental health fields and it's something I'm passionate about. So for anyone that is listening to this, if you had a lot of rough days in 2020, you are not alone. I, I promise you that. I spent a lot of time sitting on this couch that you all are looking at, just like sobbing. Like, I can't do this anymore. And I think that we are ready to turn a new leaf in this new year. And I am very excited for that. I, I need this year to just be over and done with. So those are my goals. Love it. Great goals, Jess. I love that. Yeah. Marissa, your turn. My goal, eBay is a big goal of mine. I just know that I can do so much more on eBay. Um, I have maybe 70 listings on eBay um, and almost 800 on Poshmark. So I should, I'm, that's one of my goals. And I say this every month, but my inventory. <laughs> need, Tell me about it. He's my soul sister. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> inventory. I just need to That's all just, you need to say. Yeah. Just my inventory. My inventory. Yep. And get through and, and get through this next year of law school. That's, How much longer do you have, Marissa? Um, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two all and a right, half years. Get there. So I will get there eventually. Yeah. You will. Yeah. You will. Well, are we gonna are we, are we done now? This is kind of sad. No, we have to I do know. Yeah, we have to do take, oh, it, or leave take it. it or leave it. Yes. <laughs> Chloe's favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
So we haven't been taking or leave it in, I don't even know how long, months probably. A long time. We felt like it was getting stale or we I just know. like, you know, we had covered a lot of stuff, but we'll yeah. bring it back. In we're, taking, we're, we're bringing it back just for you tonight, Chloe. <laughs> so for today's take it or leave it, um, we are going to do three brands that we are going to leave in 2020 and we're no longer going to pick up going into 2021. And then we're also going to talk about three brands that we want to take into the new year and we will continue picking up. Uh, none of us had any prep work with this. None of us have really thought about it. So <laughs> it's going to be on a whim. Um, Okay, I'll start. It can be kind of loose too, you know, yeah, if we're yeah, brand yeah. specific. Yeah. Okay, we can make it a little loose. Maybe a style. Let's go around. We'll just have to think of one first. We'll go around with yeah. one. It could so. be a style too. Maybe there's a certain style yeah, you don't want to pick up anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so for brand, the one brand I'm not going to pick up anymore, and this is for to sell myself and to send to the real real is Tori Birch. I'm actually I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. I am, I'm breaking up a Tory, unless it's for myself, then I will keep it. Um, and okay, one other exception, if it's sh- two exceptions, shoes and handbags, I'll continue to get, but clothing, I won't. Um, the resale on it, on the real real is very low. And then to sell it myself, I just can't move it myself. Um, and that's one brand that I'm okay saying goodbye to. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, do you have one you're taking into the new year? Just to give me more time. Um, yes, actually. And this is a brand that I would have never picked up before, but I started to last month and I told Lori about it and she told me it sells for her all the time. So, and it's been selling really well for me too. And that's the North Face. Mm-hmm. Um, I never picked it up. One, because it's always so expensive uh, in the thrift store, but I found it at very reasonable prices lately. And I've been able to flip them for between 40 to $60. So I'm going to take the North Face with me into 2021. Nice. Well, that's another trend that my kids like, they're not as excited about their Patagonia coats anymore. And Angie and Angie just got like a cropped puffer North Face. Really? And Patagonia is not moving for me. So I'm not leaving Patagonia behind, but it's not like on my, you know, get super excited when I find it. I I saw Patagonia the other day at um, Savers and it was marked up. And um, it was like $15 and I left it because it it was also like this like nylon, like in a turquoise color. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a vibe for me. So, but I wouldn't say that I'm leaving it behind, but that Patagonia has definitely cooled off for me quite a bit. Um, I am not good about saying no to any brands. I'm leaving cold (laughs) shoulder behind in 2020. (laughs) I'm not picking up cold shoulders anymore. Actually, I think I stopped early in 2020 with that, but I actually liked that little blip because I hate my arms and I always felt like cold shoulders just accentuated the good part of my arms. So I was a fan, but, um, but yeah, I've been told I have to leave them behind. So cold shoulders are, are, I'm leaving behind. Um, and I don't know what I'm taking with, I'm, I think one of the things that I'm going to keep focusing on growing is vintage. So not necessarily a brand, but I find a lot of vintage at the bins in New Hampshire. So I take a lot of chances with vintage and I feel like it often pays off. I think with vintage, because I don't pick it up all the time in the regular thrift store, it, it always seems to be a low cost of goods for me. Cause I'm typically picking it up at the bins because I'm like, well, what the heck, let me just give this a try. And it does pretty well. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about vintage lately. Love it. Karen, what about you? Um, sorry, there's kids in the background now. <laughs> 
Um, I know I'm probably going to be picking up less of, uh, like I only picked up one, honestly, of the cottage core kind of trend, which I honestly just hate mm -hmm. because I thought it was ugly back then. <laughs> I picked up one item and then I realized I had a stain on it. And so it's just been sitting on my dryer waiting to be stain treated. And I'm like, oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, the ones that I'll probably pick up more of is probably more of like the 60s and 70s kind of vintage stuff. Because although it's, it's still more of a trend and stuff right now, I think there's a lot of it that's still kind of a classic boho kind of style that will just keep going and especially because I really love it anyway so especially the ones with like the kind of psychedelic kind of prints that are 60s like the caftans and everything people tend to really gravitate towards those in my closet so nice yeah yeah right cottage core had a minute yeah that I didn't love <laughs> Awful. I picked up some a cottage core piece and I was shopping with my friend and I'm like, these are really popular. And she's like, for people who don't want dates on a Friday night. <laughs> she's like totally messing with me. She's like, all right, I trust you. Go ahead, go for it. I do not support this look at all. Thanks for those pieces because they're still, they haven't moved at all in my closet. But I did, it did have a minute and it, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Chloe, what about you? What are you leaving behind? This, this I'm interested about. What are you leaving and what are you going to keep picking yeah. up? Because I'm going to take um, I think I'm similar to Lori in that she was like, I can't say no. Like, I just pick up everything. I'm like, this will sell. Someone wants this. Like, I can't leave this here. So a couple things are like anthro, just because it's anthro. Like, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> like, just because I see it's an anthro brand does not mean it's worth my time. Um, So that's definitely something. And then Capri leggings, not worth my time. I'm not getting them anymore. Like no matter what brand it is, it's just not it. It's not selling. So those I'm saying goodbye to because I don't even like wearing them either. Yeah. I have so many and I just never find myself wearing them. Um, and then taking with me, um, controversial, but I'm still doing thread up, like even with all the changes and everything. So I'm definitely going to continue to take like all my thread up brands which are like workwear brands kind of with me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working into the real real as well. So I'm trying to, yeah, I just started like a month ago. So I'm trying to like really get into that, find new pieces and like, I'm calling it pick with a purpose. That's like my 2021, yeah. like big. Hey, I love that. Oh, I love that. Good I mantra. I'm going to use it. Pick with the purpose. We're going to hashtag. I, I get stuff so cheap. So like, I can't say no to things. I'm like, it's a dollar. Like, but that's, I need to stop doing that. Cause now I have like two giant shelves full of stuff that isn't listed. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's fine. I love that Chloe. Yeah. That's great. Jess, what about you? So in the uh, words of my gal, Lori Tata, I'm saying bye Felicia to Urban Outfitters. For me, I just cannot sell any Urban Outfitters brand like the BDG, the Staring at Stars, Pins and Needles. It does not sell. And it's it's so weird because I feel like Urban Outf like everyone knows Urban Outfitters. Like it's a reputable brand. I just can't sell it. And I I feel like every time... I buy it, it ends up sitting. So we're not doing that anymore. And then like you, Chloe, I, I got to stop just because it's anthropology. Like 
it's going to sit. Maybe I'll get $25 for it. I will say I am more, um, I am, I find it harder to leave behind free people than I do anthropology. Free people is, is my personal love. I love it. But even with that, you know, like the, the plain oversized shirts, like we know what happens. They just, they sit. So I am leaving those behind and Garnet Hill is, you know, no like wow brand, but I actually find that Garnet Hill consistently sells very well for me on eBay consistently. I am pretty sure that I have sold through every piece of Garnet Hill I have ever thrifted. And I also want to get more into like sleep and loungewear. That's something that I really just pass over. Like I have my categories that I go to with the thrift store and I usually don't go to the, the like loungewear and intimate wear. So I want to expand my knowledge with that. Although I am not going into a thrift store until further notice. That's, that's just a personal decision I've recently made just, um, because of COVID and I, I've been doing more online sourcing, which has been really nice, but I, but I do miss going, you know, into the thrift store. I just don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. The intimate things is something that Lori helped me get into because Lori always goes into intimates and always goes into the sleepwear. And um, I have found a new love for intimates and okay. I they sell very well and pretty quick for me. So I'm with you on that. That's like going inexpensive I mean unless it's Victoria's Secret then they mark it up like crazy right which is like but um yeah I think you can find some really interesting pieces and there also lives like you'll find captains there you'll find like barefoot dreams barefoot there dreams. um yeah so so stuff you wouldn't even yeah that, lots of treasures to find over there and I don't think it's a heavily sourced area I agree yeah and Marissa what about you um I'm also leaving anthropology behind I just I I was doing really well with that at the beginning of when I first started reselling but um I'm leaving that behind Patagonia I'm leaving that behind um jeans for me jeans aren't selling very well for me um I have like a tote full of jeans I just can't move them I don't know if it's because I need to pay more attention to style like the rise and the and the cut um so I'm going to be a little bit more particular about the style of jeans that I pick up um what I'm going to focus on is vintage I I have a lot of vintage and I need to get it on eBay because I just know that I can move it if I get it on eBay um and loungewear loungewear I've been doing really good with loungewear and also athletic wear, leggings, um, sneakers. I do really good with sneakers. Um, I think January is going to be a really good month for all of my athletic wear. So I've been sourcing a lot of that, anticipating listing it in January when people have all their health goals. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm going to focus on that. And the real, real too. I just started talking with a um, consultant or what do they call her? Yeah. Yeah. I just started talking with one. And so I have a lot of stuff I think would do really good there. Um, I will say for the real, real, um, they are heavily focusing on vintage right now. So yeah. that right there should tell you 
what the market is like out there. So I think everyone trying to focus on vintage is smart because a lot of these bigger platforms are focusing on vintage. But yeah. I will say they've accepted quite a few items from me in the last couple of months that are like vintage, vintage Oscar de la Renta that they would have never, ever mm. taken in the last year. They're taking mm. now and they're pricing it at a very good price point. So yeah. um, they have a whole tab on vintage. So if a big company like the Real Real is doing it and other brands are too, I know, is it Urban Outfitters that they have like uh, their own brand that they like rebrand vintage grandpa sweaters and stuff? Am I right? Urban it's crazy money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a thing. It's definitely something that I think I, I want to focus more on to myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not going to focus on the, like all my career wear pieces, I'm sending off as, if whatever I can. And then whatever I can't, I'm just donating at this point because I don't foresee that many people buying career wear pieces in 2021. Yeah. So, I have so much career wear too. Yeah. I need to get around here in general, just with yep. you know, skims and Comfort. the loungewear every single designer is getting in on um loungewear <laughs> and it's yeah look at we're all cozy right now ice on top pj pants on the bottom that's right <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> yep. exactly. like a secret santa zoom with his um with his group and he sent somebody like a button-down shirt and like pajama pants and a tiki drink that was like his name <laughs> Um, which is they, which is so funny, but yeah, um, it's so interesting. Like I saw Chloe's jaw drop when Jess said she's not going to pick up Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Urban That's Outfitters. Seller. That makes it so does sad. not sell for me. Wow. Yeah, it does. I, it doesn't sell for me. Either. It doesn't sell for me either. I have an urban shirt that. <laughs> yeah, um, I have an urban shirt listed right now that Angie gave to me, and it must have like fifteen or twenty likes on it, and I think I have it marked at twenty four, twenty five dollars. I've offered $19 with discounted shipping like 13 times and no bites. So what I, what I see with Urban, Victoria's Secret, Brandy Melville um, is it gets a ton of attention from, I think, a younger population of people, and, but then they don't buy it. So yeah. it, it's hyped up a lot. It's, it, maybe it draws a lot of attention to my closet, but I usually will end up selling it like in a bundle or something. Um, but it, it, it kind of- Mercari, right? I was going to say, Mercari, that seems to be where we need to put that stuff. Yeah, that's where uh, most of my Victoria's Secret sells on Mercari, my pink that sells on Mercari. Yeah. Um, Chloe, would you say that Mercari is your main platform? Um, It used to be. Right now, Posh is definitely, and ThreadUp. Posh and ThreadUp are kind of tied right now. Oh, interesting. But, and then Mercari, and then eBay's the last. Sadly. Yeah. What about like gold, <laughs> gold label Victoria's Secret? Does that seem to sell very well on Mercari too? I actually have never found a gold label piece, so I couldn't tell you. I sell it on Poshmark all the time. It's I do. I've sold it. Yeah. yeah. I Poshmark love it. and eBay, I feel like, are the two best places for that. Mm -hmm. And mine just doesn't seem to be moving. I like. I went to an estate sale a while back, and this uh, lady had amazing taste. I got like um, Masuk, like new tag cardigans and soft surroundings, and mm -hmm. like vintage Saks Fifth Avenue silk cardigans and just all sorts of stuff for like five bucks a piece but the Victoria's Secret's just not selling for some reason I don't know why hmm. so a different mm -hmm. platform might help yeah, yeah maybe different buyer yeah I had a Victoria's Secret like country piece 
um, that I listed and sold, it sold so, so quickly. And then shortly after, and it was like $35 range. And then shortly after that sale, I found another, it was like a green velvet set. And I picked it up so excited and listed it high because I thought like this was going to be such a quick flip because the other one had sold so quickly in that set. It ended up being a buy Felicia. It was featured as a buy Felicia in one of my what sold because it sold for like $19 and it was a two piece set. I had just had it for so long and it just yeah. didn't move. So sometimes it just it could be the item itself, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or which way the wind is blowing that day. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, sometimes it's not always about the label. Mm -hmm. it's just about the piece itself so oh well this was so much fun I know. I know. This, was <laughs> this was a lot of fun we've never done this before so this was so much fun thank you so much for every for you guys to coming on and talking to us and sharing your stories with everyone and um I mean this has been like you know a two-hour conversation but we could keep going if we wanted to <laughs> it's just great to get to know people in the community and yeah. see what's working for other people in different parts of the country and yeah. you know different stages of your journey and all that stuff it's just it's fascinating and I loved it I'm so I feel so blessed that you guys made it to our show today and I'm so blessed that you had me I'm like oh. I'm still Oh, I, I, like I'm talking to you guys. I just want to hug everyone. <laughs> no. Maybe one day. Does anybody ever plan on going to Posh Fest if they if it comes back around? I'm watching just for the experience. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd like to go. I'd like to go. I've never been. Maybe in 2021 we can see each other in real in real life. That'd be nice. I hope so. That would yeah. be nice. I All right, everyone, this time. is our season finale. One year, Daniela. Yeah, one year, year anniversary to Thrifted Villa. <laughs> I know. One year down, and we yeah. have lots of things that we want to plan for season two. We, we're going to meet in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to talk yeah, all about... Down. All the things that we want to do with season two and like Lori and I said in our Instagram live that we had if you guys have any comments or things that you want us to talk about if there are certain guests that you want to hear from um, maybe topics that we haven't touched upon platforms we haven't touched upon let us know send us a dm email us whatever we're booked through like late January right now which is yeah. crazy because sometimes yeah it's just um yeah we we have we're gonna come strong out of the gate I'm excited we are awesome we Yes. Awesome. Um, so please, we are going to share all of your information in the show notes. And I encourage everybody who's listening today to go and follow all these incredible people that we had on our show today, um, because they have such great things to offer. We have two people on YouTube, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everybody's on Instagram. So check out Karen and Chloe on YouTube and Chloe also uh, thrifting chaos. Thrifters chaos. Yeah. Thrifters chaos. It's so perfect. I love, I love that. Yes, everything will be linked in the show notes. You guys can follow everyone. And yeah, we'll see everyone in 2021. Thanks wow. for joining us at the table, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.